Hello and welcome to another episode of The Future Of, where I'm joined by visionaries and thought leaders from diverse industries as we dissect the sectors into layers, understand its evolution and crystal ball gaze on where it is headed and what the future holds. Today, we are joined by Emilia Kortinska, the head of marketing at UserPilot, a product experience software that helps improve customer onboarding experiences and thereby retention and overall growth. Emilia is also the author of UserPilot's blog, Product Rants, which really is chock full of amazing insights if you wish to learn about product growth, management, and much more. Welcome to the show, Emilia. How are you doing today? Thank you so much for the warm intro, Neeraj. I'm good. How are you? Perfect. I'm really glad to have you on to the show today. You're discussing the future of product-led growth, and I couldn't have hoped for a better thought leader than you to come and talk about this topic. Before we jump into discussing the future of product-led growth, I'd love to lay the context of your background. I understand that you've had a very interesting mix of experiences across journalism, entrepreneurship, product development, product marketing over the past 12 to 14 years. Talk to me about how that unfolded for you and how it has helped you reach where you are right now. So, yeah, as you put it, the long to uh, the way to where I am now has been like pretty long and winded. I didn't know I wanted to go into marketing or especially product marketing. And when I graduated school, I started from pretty much a research career. So I thought I would stay in academia, do research into language acquisition. But unfortunately, I didn't get study grant at some point. I joined the workforce. I didn't look back. I started working at PayPal. Then I started my own, my first own company, which was a translation agency at that point, which then evolved into a content agency. After a few years of running a language services business. I was pretty tired because service businesses are very hard to scale. And at that point, I think I wasn't mature enough as a business owner to develop the right systems to basically control quality, et cetera, et cetera. As more and more SaaS companies were actually requesting my services, that drew my attention to this business model. And I realized it felt a lot more scalable and interesting so ultimately, I tried building my own SaaS business that kind of failed miserably. That was in China. And then I moved into a SaaS startup, right, where I gradually built up the marketing function. After around two and a half years, I moved to UserPilot full time. And since then, I've been pretty much building my career in SaaS marketing, especially specializing in content marketing. So yeah, that's where I am now. And I would say my different skills and my different experiences, I completely forgot about the journalism because that was like pretty early on in my career for a few years, but that also contributed to my content marketing career. So definitely the research skills, the experience, running a service business, hiring people to produce content, and then also the experience with, of course, journalism helped me develop the various skills that are important in content marketing. Yeah, and since I had some experiences with developing products behind my belt, like user pilot felt like the perfect place for me to land ultimately. And I think it obviously flows well into what you're doing with user pilot as well and i know that the blog that you take care of product ranks is really full of insights I, I try and keep up with all the content that comes out 
I'd love to know more about product brands and especially from that vantage point as well. How have you seen this segment of product development, product marketing and product growth evolve over the past few years? Yeah, so Product Rants is really the newsletter that I've been writing for almost three years now since I joined UserPilot. And it touches upon various aspects of product management, product marketing, product growth from satirical, ironic perspectives. It's very subjective. It describes a lot of the experiences that I have working with different SaaS products because as a marketer, I obviously use a lot of SaaS products myself. Yeah, it's a description of my experiences plus a commentary that people can extrapolate from and use to improve their product experience and fast product metrics, important product metrics such as activation or churn. Yeah, the vantage point that I've had, as you mentioned, and how I see the development of product management and product marketing is a very difficult question because it's very complex and these are two different disciplines really we need to view them in separation I'm not a product manager right so while I write about product management metrics I don't build products according to the product management methodologies so I wouldn't feel competent enough to comment on the development of the whole field what we do see definitely is the pull towards product-led growth and the increasing willingness in the market to acquire product through that channel. So instead of procurement, we see more and more of this grassroots bottom-up movement where it's the end users that make buying decisions, right? Rather than the executives or information officers and companies. I've been to a few conferences this year and some of the talks on product-led growth revealed really interesting stats. For instance, I think it was the head of growth at Meta, actually, that said that people are now willing to buy products up to half a million dollars, right, in annual contracts, completely product-led, so without having any contact with sales. So I think this shows but from my experience, the market is still lagging behind, right? Most of the SaaS companies are still not really ready for generating product growth. And there is even some resistance in the market against it. Yeah, it's an interesting situation where the audience is going in one direction and the SaaS businesses are not keeping up. And that's quite fascinating to understand, and especially given how many marketing, sales, support silos exist in so many businesses these days. Who is really responsible for adopting and driving the product-led growth as a strategy or responsible to drive the culture of growth across the organization? Everyone really is a joint effort. You can't like establish product-led function by committee. So you need to prepare all your departments for embracing the product-led mindset from sales, because yes, you can be product-led and have a sales department through marketing, through product, through customer support and success. And of course, ideally your CEO should be on board and your executives should also support this mindset. So yeah, what that means is that all the departments need to embrace product-led methodologies and make sure that the users can use the product with minimal interference from the company, that they can 
educate themselves at their own discretion, at their own time, that they can upgrade at their own time, that there are enough experiences built into the product that will help them onboard, that will help them adopt new features, that will help them adopt the premium features that ultimately lead to upgrades and expansion revenue. So essentially the whole company needs to work towards that goal of having the users like allowing the users to use the product independently and while i think i understand that the entire organization really needs to come in and adopt it as a philosophy that runs across the organization but who would you say is really the driving force behind wanting to change that in an organization that doesn't have plg just yet would it be bottom to up up to bottom or does it really very company to company or industry to industry. Mm, could you like paraphrase this question sure. again? So please? especially for sure. a company that doesn't have a product-led growth mindset just yet, are looking yeah. to adopt it. Who would be the, who in the team or as a function altogether would be the driving force behind saying that they need to move towards it? Would it come from the top management or would it really be the product slash growth slash marketing team that would say that we really need to start looking at PLG as the way to go ahead. Yeah, so as I said, it has to be a joint effort. Like, obviously, if it comes from the product team, but the executive are not on board and the C-suite is against it, like the product team probably won't manage to implement it alone because it is a cross-functional effort. So yeah, if, for instance, the product is very complicated and there is no way currently to educate the users about the product without the help from the customer success team and there is no demo there is like no pricing on the company side and everything is extremely sales-led very traditional and it doesn't matter really what the product team does the company is not really going to be generating product like growth yeah there definitely needs to be a bind from the c-suite but then on the other hand if this is a decision that is made by committee if the CEO decides, oh, yeah, let's be product-led, but everyone else is not really on board and they don't understand what it means, then it's very unlikely that this project will be successful either. I would say if the CEO decides to go product-led route, they should probably sign up the leaders of the different teams for some courses or hire a product-led growth consultant that would explain to each of the teams what it means to run their department in a product-led way. And that's the starting point. So everyone really understand what product-led growth is and how they how their work individually and as the department contributes towards the goals of generating product-led growth in the company. Got it. I know that you'd be working with a lot of companies as part of user pilot, some of these clans as well that come to you to not only adopt user pilot into their overall stack, but also try and inculcate product-led growth as a strategy. What are some of the first things that you would look for or try to address whenever you are working with some of these new clients? Yeah, so we actually have a user onboarding checklist, which is very much related to establishing 
product-led growth mindset in the company. So we go through this checklist, starting from the sign-up flow. So looking at the new user's experience from the very, very beginning when they first land on the company's website and then how the sign-up process goes. Is there a lot of friction or is it pretty much friction? How much information is collected? Is it enough or is it maybe more than enough, which is probably the more common scenario. Then we look at what happens after the user has already landed in the product. Are they created with a welcome screen? Are there interactive walkthroughs or maybe just traditional step-by-step -step product tools? Does the product manager take the new user on the shortest path to value? So do they collect information about the user's goals and jobs to be done? And do they basically, yeah, as I said, take them on the shortest path to value instead of showing them all the product features, which are absolutely unnecessary at this stage of the user journey. Then we look at what happens at later stages of the user journey. So once the new user has been onboarded and they have reached the activation point, so the first time they really experience value from the product, does the product leave them alone? And then there is absolutely nothing to help them adopt more features, become more advanced, ultimately becoming a power user. Are there any experiences that would lead them to discover premium features and thus push them to upgrade and to generate expansion revenue. How does the path to upgrade look like? So again, is it possible for the users to easily upgrade to the next plan? Or is there a lot of friction in that process? And again, like what is the company's retention strategy? So what are they doing to prevent churn? What happens when the user gets stuck? or reaches a friction point, like a stumbling block on their user journey, which prevents them from experiencing more value. So there are really a lot of different elements at different stages of the user journey that we're looking at. And then we're advising our users on each point and how they could use user pilot to improve the situation. And I think something that you touched upon is very intriguing, the shortest path to value for the customer. And something that I've been seeing recently is that the point of value is moving earlier and earlier in the customer journey as a whole, right? So previously a new user would sign up, go through the user onboarding process to experience the core value of the product. Now more PLG companies are embedding lightweight versions of the product on their website itself, allowing customers to interact with their product, receive value directly from the marketing site even before they sign up. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's great. I think the faster the users can experience value from the product, even before leaving their email address, the better. And honestly, if the product does what it needs to be doing for them, then they will be more than happy to sign up and pay. And that way we're not wasting anyone's time. I know a lot of people will disagree with me and they will think that it's better to collect the email addresses before so the SDRs can go after the users if they don't if they don't convert. If your product is super, super complicated, then maybe it makes some sense because some users could be dropping off as a result of not having enough time to activate initially. But then there are a lot of ways how to address it in a more product-led way as well. So maybe thinking about reducing the path to value and extracting the value from the core product and putting it on the website, as you said, in kind of a stripped down version that would demonstrate the value from the core product in the most efficient way would be a better, cheaper, more scalable way 
of reaching a higher conversion point rather than sending SDRs after trial users that didn't convert. And I think that's where the mindset shift of the team also comes into effect, whether they are really sales first or product first in terms of trying to grow their business. Yeah, definitely. And in terms of understand that there are great advantages of adopting product-led growth as a philosophy across the organization. And we'd often wonder why aren't more founders or decision makers going towards it. What would you say are some of the biggest challenges that stop more founders from pursuing product-led growth? Yeah, I think it's the same challenge as in general, what is preventing companies from achieving like full digital transformation, right? So in a lot of industries, maybe we wouldn't believe it because we're in SaaS, which is at the forefront of digital transformation. And we have very much automated most processes, business processes, and we use tools for them that allow us to perform them in the most efficient ways. But in a lot of industries, things are still done through Excel spreadsheets and worse with pen and paper. So it's the same thing with product-led growth. Uh, A lot of companies are afraid of investing in something new, something that has a learning curve to it and requires them to do things in a different way that they had always done. Right. So to some extent, sales led growth works. Right. It's something that companies have been doing for ages and it can work and it can produce results even faster because it doesn't require a lot of implementation. Right. To achieve product growth, you need to perform all these actions that we discussed. So you need to improve your sign-up fr- process, remove friction. You need to add in-app experiences that will be interactive, that will be engaging, that will be also reactive. So reacting to what the user is actually doing in-app. If you just deploy salespeople, they can start working and producing results from the get-go, from day one. We have the kind of clash between leading and lagging metrics or instant gratification, instant performance versus more sustainable but protracted change. And especially when you touch upon so many startups still lagging behind in terms of full digital transformation as a whole itself. And one of the things that I've seen with a lot of founders trying to adopt digital transformation and product-led growth as well, they'd try and track everything and end up getting overwhelmed with the amount of information that they're tracking, but not really knowing what to do with it. In terms, in order to focus on the right matrix to drive your growth decisions as well, how do you cut through the clutter and focus on the right metrics? And what are some of these critical metrics that you should always have a pulse on? Yeah, so I understand that a lot of product analytics tools are very complicated and they collect all the information about user activity, which may be confusing because if you have too much information, not enough processing power to actually draw conclusions from it, because these tools typically don't give you any insights, they just give you the raw data, it becomes very challenging to make any sense from all the data at all. So the philosophy that we have behind data collection in user pilot is that the user themselves needs to tell us which data they want to collect. So they proactively tag 
features and interface elements inside their products that they want to track usage of rather than us collecting absolutely all the clicks and then leaving it to the user to make sense of it. So we're thinking in terms of user paths and funnels rather than overall total activity. Of course, there are upsides and downsides to this approach. The upside is that it's easier to collect the data. The downside is that it can push you into a silo and you can miss out on things that you didn't think of. So yeah, I think like these two approaches should be used in conjunction to achieve the best results. In terms of metrics that product people who are interested in product like Rove should not lose track of, I would say it's the user activation rate, which is pretty nebulous metric because it's different not only for every company, but also for different user segments within the company. User activation, as I mentioned before, is the moment when the user experiences value from the product for the first time. So unlike the aha moments when they realize the value, they understand the value, this is the moment when they really experience it, right? Essentially, this boils down to Adopting the core functionality of the product and achieving the main, the primary goal that they came for to your product. So that, that's a very important metric because all the other metrics are really influenced by it or without activation. Typically, they don't even happen because if the users don't activate, they're not experiencing value, they will churn. So once they have activated, I would be looking at the trial to paid conversion rate. So how many of these users are actually signing up for the paid version? If there is a you know free trial or freemium model, then I would be looking at the different levels of retention, right? So the very important day one, week one, month one retention, and also retention at later stages in the user journey. Of course, feature adoption, right? So to what extent has the user adopted your product, right? And then how this correlates with the retention rate to see basically you know, what is the sweet spot of product adoption rate that your users need to achieve to continue getting value from your product and to want to stay as a paying customer. And I think that's quite insightful in order to cut through the clutter to have that value lens that any metric that is linked to the value that you're bringing to the customer obviously increases in importance as a overall as well. And coming to the most important and fun question of all, Amelia, what does the future look like for product-led growth as a way to scale businesses and how do you see it evolving over the coming years? Yeah, I think it will only improve because I believe that more and more businesses will want to take advantage of product-led growth as a growth strategy. I believe we're very early in our journey towards adopting the product-led growth mindset, but more and more companies will understand that this is the more sustainable, this is the cheaper way of achieving growth. So they'll ultimately want to embrace it. It's a problem with the initial investment of the energy in learning the product-led growth way and implementing product-led growth experiences, changing the old mindset that is holding them back from experiences, the value of product-led growth. But yeah, I do believe that it will be changing also with time. Product-led tools will become easier to use. They're already becoming increasingly no code, but as you mentioned, product analytics can be really challenging. So first of all, 
product managers and product marketers need to have really good data at hand in order to implement product-led growth tactics inside their products. And in terms of the future of product-led growth as well, we know that product teams technically are already mainstream functions, but do you anticipate product growth teams to become mainstream as well? Yeah, yeah, I do think so, that as product-led growth becomes more popular as a strategy, product growth teams will also be in place. I think this is the best way because currently product managers don't have time to work on improving the feature adoption of the features they are working on. So essentially, they're always focused on building and always focused on the leading metrics. But then there is no one in the company that is solely responsible for the adoption of the product, right? And how users actually interact with the existing product features, how new users adopt the new features once they have stopped being new. There is definitely need for someone to own this function because otherwise it just doesn't happen. And I'm sure there are pretty exciting times ahead of us in terms of product-led growth as well. I always like to sign off with a question that is specifically going to help our listeners. As a product growth thought leader, what are some of the resources, podcasts, books, etc., that you would recommend our audience to go through if they're interested in reading more about product-led growth and possibly adopting it in their business other than product brands newsletter as well? Because I sure would be plugging that in our notes as well. Thank you, Neeraj. Yeah, so there are a, quite a few really good classic books on product-led growth. So personally, my favorite is The Elements of User Onboarding by Samuel Hewlett. Then there are two books by the Product-Led Institute. So one is simply called Product-Led Growth by Wes Bush, who popularized this movement, made it more mainstream. Then there is Ramley John's book, Product-Led Onboarding, which is a sequel to the Product-Led Growth book. And then there are a few books about user psychology, human psychology in general that I would recommend that are very helpful in understanding the drivers behind product growth. So there is Hooked by Nir Eyal, which talks about the Hooked model. So how to build sticky products. And that refers not only to the products in their entirety, but also product features. And Indistractable also by Nir Eyal, which talks more about the attention and how companies and products attract users' attention. Yeah, and we will be actually publishing Product Runs as a book towards the end of this year. I would, of course, recommend reading that if you're looking for some more lighthearted read focusing on the different product-led metrics. Perfect. Thanks a lot for those recommendations and thanks a lot for taking on the time today and sharing all your insights with us. It's been really powerful trying to understand what product-led growth is and where it is moving to over the next few years as well. Thank you so much, Neeraj. Thank you.